message. You have a purpose. Now don't quit or give up. Amen. So I want to read over to you the, uh, read over to you. I want to read over you the, uh, uh, the word spoken through Pastor Gary in December uh, of 22. It says, get ready to pass over, says the Lord, from what has been to what shall be. This is what has been. 946 Main Street is what has been. And what shall be is going to be 36 Brookshire Court. Unit 10. Amen. He says, the pastor has been preparing you by my word, preparing this church for this passing over. It's a releasing and a letting go. It's an exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. An exodus, and I looked up the synonym for it. Say synonym. Cinnamon. No, synonym. It's an outpouring. It's a sudden and widespread occurrence or manifestation of something. In other words, get ready for some suddenlies to happen over you. This is the time. We are the people, and uh, over there is going to be the place. Amen? Come on now. It says you're going to know what to do. So we don't have to go, I don't know what to do. God, help us. No, you're going to know what to do. As long as you keep your eyes fixed on the straight way, not in anyone, anyone else, uh, their race or any distractions. You have been prepared and you have been ready by my spirit. You've been groomed and trained for the final stretch. Groomed and trained. Groomed. Looking good. <laughs> Amen. It says, um, you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the pioneer and the protector of your faith for the joy that was set before him. You, me, us. Amen. And he endured hardship and is now one of the ones cheering you on to win. If he's cheering you on to win, you know you're going to win, right? You know you're going to finish, right? And we're going to finish strong. Amen. Fixing your eyes on the finish line, the prize on Listen, I love this. Me getting ready for you, your church, your ministry, and for some of you, many of you, ministries. That's plural for the layperson. Get ready for your church, your ministry to pass over to the winner's circle. We're passing over. We're not passing out. No, no, no. We're passing over. By the, broken, <laughs> by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of grace. Amen. So realize, yeah, you have a purpose. And so don't you quit. Don't you give up. <laughs> Turn down the opportunity to do such, please. Uh, let's go to Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 14. New living, please. Woo! Back row. Woo! You're allowed to do that. I'll have to get Matt to do the walrus. <laughs> I told you. I told you. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, New Living. It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future, to give you a hope. And in those days when you pray, he said, when you pray, which means we need to be praying. He says, I will listen. Verse 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, that's your whole heart, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Restore your fortunes. 
And do you see fortunes has got an S on the end? Come on now, get ready. Get ready. Amen. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I'll bring you home again to your own land, to your own land, your own houses, your own buildings, your own cars, paid for. Amen. And the massage uh, in verse 11, that's a message. It says, I know what I'm doing. Aren't you glad? The Lord said, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. You better be hoping for something good. What are you hoping for? When you call on me, verse 12, and when you come and you pray to me, I'll listen. 13, when you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure that you are not disappointed. Come on, that's enough to almost make you smile for a minute. If God's going to make sure that you, you will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. All right, I liked it. <laughs> no, I really did. I liked that verse. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I've turned down disappointments. After I played with it for a minute, but then I had to turn it down. Come on, who hasn't played tennis with disappointment? It's yours. Bam, serve, 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 back and forth. Yeah, come on now. Then we just threw it away and broke the racket because we're not going to do it anymore. Smash it and drop it like it's hot. Romans 8.28, please. King James. Romans 8.28 and King James. It says, we know that all things work together for good. For good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You are the called according to his purpose, right? You have a purpose, and you're called according to his purpose. And I looked up purpose uh, in the dictionary. It says it's the action, it's the proper function for which a person or a thing exists. You have a function for your existence here. It's a fixed design. It's an outcome or an idea, an intended or desired result. There are intended, desired results for you. And God's doing it, and God's backing it. And whatever God does and backs, it gets done. And the message in Romans 8.28 says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. He's working it into something good. In the Amplified, because it's louder. Amen. I like music. <laughs> We're a musician. We've got to have it loud. We are assured, and we know that God, being a partner in their labor, or in our labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to those and for those who love God and are called according to his design and his purpose. And I like this in the vines for purpose. It's, uh, it's a, a deliberate intention. He is deliberately intending his intention for you, for good, for his purpose. Amen. Amen. Passion. You got to have some passion, bro. Brother Bruce, passion. We are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have, who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. 
So, what's God's purpose? Is to bring good into our lives. That's the purpose. Come on now. The purpose of God is to bring good into our lives. That's what he said. Amen. Uh, Romans 8.30 in the Living Bible, it says, And having chosen us, God has called us to come to him. And when we came, he, he declared us not guilty. He declared over you, not guilty. But what you have to do, you got to come to him first. Then, bam, he'll slap. He'll stamp you. Not guilty. Now go about your business. Amen? Hmm. He filled us, listen to this. He filled us with Christ's goodness. He gave us right standing with himself and promised us his glory. He promised it. Anything that God promises, you know he's going to back it up. And it's coming. Now, Jesus had a purpose, and that's in 1 John 3, 8. King James, please. We know it, but it's good to read it. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For what? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts 10, 38, we all know this one. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the man with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. What was his purpose? Go about doing good. That should be our purpose as well, right? Go about doing good, not criticizing others. Do good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Right? When you know that God's with you, it's a lot easier to go out, go, go out and do good and heal and all. Amen. Amen. Now you have a purpose. And so how do you find your purpose? How do we find our purpose, right? Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. There's a couple of base things we need to make sure that we know. Philippians 2, 13, please. King James. For it is God which works in you. Who's working in you? Thank you. And both to will and to do of his good pleasure. To will and to do. New Living, it says, for God is working in you. I love this. He gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's the one that's going to give you the desire. He's the one that's going to give you the power. What? To do what pleases him. And what pleases him? Making us happy. Amen. What's his perfect plan to bring good into our lives? That's what pleases him, bringing good into your life, into my life. We need some of that. God will use what's in your hand. So what's in your hand? Well, God will use whatever is in your hand that you give to him to slingshot you toward your purpose and lead you toward your destiny. And you think about this. God, uh, David had five smooth stones that propelled him towards his purpose. Uh-huh. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, please. 1 Samuel 17, and, we're, and, and verse 25. We know it, but it's just good to read it again. Uh, in the New Living, Annette, 1 Samuel 17, 25. Just the one verse. Uh, the king has offered, offered a huge reward to anyone that kills Goliath. He will give that person one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. Tax-free. Come on. That's a good deal. 
And eventually he did become king. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 2, please. Just the uh, next chapter over. It says, from that day on, Saul kept David with him and would not let him return home. So what happened? <laughs> he done graduated into the king's court. Tax-free. With a wife. King's daughter. With all that comes with that. Money. Money. Mo money. Right? And in 1 Samuel 18... Verse 5, praise the Lord. Uh, David went out whithersoever, whithersoever, what a word. King James, gotta like it. Whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely, Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So with that came the favor of God to, for him to do uh, absolutely everything that he was called to do. And so one of the things you need to do, we need to know is to recognize when the Lord puts people in your life. Recognize when the Lord puts people in your life. Why? Because they're going to lead you to your purpose and into your destiny and you serve them. Let's go to first Kings 19, please. I know this from a, for a fact. I've been living it for the last 30 years. Has it been easy? Oh, no, 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 no. But it has been. And, you know, it's, it's like, okay, so where are you going to go? Huh? So the disciple said to Jesus, where are you going to go? You got the words of life. Well, well, <laughs> well. First, King, First Kings 19, verse 19, New Living Translation, please. It's one of my favorite, because um, I live it. First um, Kings nineteen nineteen. So Elijah went out and found Elisha, son of Saphat. Saphat, what's that? Plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. So Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then he walked away. Verse 20, Elisha left the oxen standing there and ran after Elijah. And he said it to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and my mother goodbye, and then I'll go with you. And Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. 21, so Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them. Mm -hmm. And he used the, the, the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. Barbecue. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. And he went with Elijah as his assistant. And uh, King James says that he ministered unto him. New King James says he became his servant. Uh, New Century says he became his helper. But I like the message. It says he became his right-hand man after he burned the past, after he burned his constant up until that point in time. And then he said, that's it. I remember when Pastor went to, uh, went to go full-time, and I was working for him, and because uh, I was doing the ISA, my, my trade is purchase, purchasing agent by my, that's what I was hired, trained to do. And um, so I was doing the purchasing and the, and the shipping and receiving for him when he was with Savalite. And uh, so he's getting ready to go on um, full-time in the ministry. And he said, yep. 
I left my job. I said, good, I'm leaving mine too. And the words of wisdom, he said, no, 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 no. You stay where you are right now. I said, when it's time for you to move, God will move you. I said, it's time, when it's time for you to move, God will move you. So, Elisha had promised to follow Elijah faithfully, and he did this in spite of opportunities to depart. Uh-huh. So, um, when you think about it, what was he known for? He wasn't known for doing something huge. And in 2 Kings 3.11, it says that Jehoshaphat said, Is it not a prophet of the Lord that we may, may require of the Lord by him? And one of the kings um, of Israel's servants answered, and he said, Here is Elisha, son of Saphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. That's what he was known for. Pouring water on the hands of Elijah. The disciples were known for, well, Jesus picked the disciples for number one, to be with him. To be with him. That was their number one job. I was known for the person that hangs out with Pastor Gary at the gym. The loud one that hung out with Pastor Gary in the gym. <laughs> and with Joey. We were gym rats. Ripped the place apart. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. So he served as master, some say about 20 years. There's just different reports, but I would say 20 anyways. And he was told that, um, I was told that Elijah was going to leave him, but Elisha uh, took the, had Elijah taken the easy route and stayed behind, he would have missed the blessing. He would have missed his calling. He would have missed his opportunity to do some really, really cool things. So it pays to be faithful to your calling. Don't you get up and quit. Don't leave. Stay till your cake is baked. Right? Amen. Because, you know, you think about it, something, you know, I like that in, in the book of Acts. It says, some went and then some were sent. It's better for door, door number two. Yeah. Why? Because then there's an anointing on it. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, please. 2 Kings 2, verse 1. And this is going to be out of the King James Version of the Bible. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Now, Gilgal is a place of the beginning where there's no demand. There's just enough with no commitment. It's kind of like when we, when we first got saved. We first started coming to the church, and, you know, you just, you come Sunday, and sometimes you would come on a week, you know, during the week. But really, it's just like, okay, well, you know what? We're just getting into this thing. We're just kind of, let's just, just go easy. So he went to Gilgal, and Elisha, verse 2, And Elisha said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, As the Lord liveth, as your soul liveth, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now Bethel is a place of learning. This is where you go your next step. It's a place of learning, a place of commitment. You're God-given dreams where you hunger for more, but you don't stay there. Right? We've all been to, we've all, <laughs> we all had to start at Gilgal, and we've all been to Bethel, but don't stay there. All right, verse Three, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel that came forth to Elisha, and they said unto him, Do you know that your uh, the Lord is going to take away your master from your head today? And he said, Yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. In other words, shut up. Don't talk to me about it. But everybody knew. Everybody knew 
that he's, he's going to be taken away. Everybody knew that their master, his master was being taken from him that day. But what did he do? Don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. Verse 4, and Elisha said unto him, Elijah, excuse me, said unto him, Elisha, stay here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as, my, as the Lord liveth and as your soul liveth, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Jericho is a place where you're consecrated to God. It's an entrance to the power, but still, you don't stay there. You keep moving. And verse 5, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho, so they, they were following, but at a distance. I said they were following, but at a distance. They weren't pouring water on his hands. The sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said, uh, do you know that the Lord is going to take away your master from your head today? He said, yeah, I know. Would you shut up about it? Just shut up about it. Don't talk to me about it. Do you think he was having a moment? Do you think he had, like he was processing this whole thing? Because he knew. Do you think it could have been like, oh, do you think it could have been like in the, when Jesus was in the garden and he did a nevertheless? Because there was going to be a division between him and God. Because I've always thought about this. Um, we can think of um, from now to forever that way. But from the present to the past forever that way, Jesus and God have been together all that time. We don't know what the time span is, but then all of a sudden there's going to be a, a split. Jesus knew. And same thing with these, same thing with Elijah. He knew. And verse 6, and Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, for uh, the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And as he said, as the Lord lives and the soul lives and your soul lives, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Now, Jordan is the place where you die to yourself. And that's where you stay. That's where you die to self. Now, um, going back to verse five, it says the sons of the prophets were at Jericho and they came to Elisha. And they said, do you know the Lord is going to take you away from your master today? Don't get distracted. He knew what was going on but he was on a mission. He did not get distracted. And sometimes, you know, we're going through stuff. I've been going through stuff. We've all been going through stuff where distractions come. But don't get distracted. Go to the, this, like we're working our way to the Jordan River where we just died to self. And, and, and it's, but you're going to be graced for it. God's got a plan for you. He's going to help you get there. He's going to help you get through it. He's walking with you. He's not going to expect you to say, okay, now you go die for yourself. I'll see you later. Could you imagine? No. Um, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 7, in New Living Translation, it says, 50 men from the group of the prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elisha and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. And when Elisha folded his cloak together and struck the water with it, the river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. And when they came to the other side, Elisha said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken away? Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Wow. Come on, give me the double and let me succeed where you, let me continue where you've stopped. 
In verse 10, it says, You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you'll get your request. But if not, then you won't. But he wasn't leaving anyways. He made it, he made it a point. Hey, listen, you know what? Mm-mm. I am following you everywhere you go. Um, 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, verse 11. King James, please. And it came to pass that they still went on and talked. Behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder and divided, split between them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them into two pieces. You ever notice that, um, especially in the Old Testament, every time the guys got ticked off, they, they just rent their clothes? <laughs> They're just walking around, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or they're throwing dust out of up in the air. Don't look up. <laughs> um, Matthew Henry's commentary about uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. It says, uh, he himself had lost the guide of his youth. Think about that. He lost the guide of his youth. And... Um, mm. He said, my father, my father, he saw his own condition like that of a fatherless child thrown up on the world, and he lament, lament, lamented over it accordingly. His heart was broken. Why would he not give up? His master was gone. 2 Kings 2, uh, verse 12, please. Mm-hmm. King James. And, it's, and Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them into pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And he went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. The moment of his decision. And he took the mantle of, of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters. And he said, where is the God of Elisha? Mm, Elijah. And when he also smitten the waters, they parted there, hit, hither and thither, into, praise the Lord. And Elijah went over. So listen to this. Mm. He got rid of what was his, and he took up the mantle of Elijah. The last thing that Elijah did was the first thing that Elisha did. The last thing that Elijah did was leave his cloak. The first thing that Elisha did was pick it up. Pick it up. Get ready. Why would he not give up? His master was gone. His feelings were hurt. Hope was gone. But Elisha had a purpose and you have a purpose, and, and it was founded and developed by his serving and allow himself to be mentored. Allow yourself to be mentored. Please serve. The result was a double portion. Some say they were together for 10 or 20 years. Whatever the number, he was all in. And so are we. We're here. Amen? Hallelujah. I found this, and I thought, wow, this is good. Um... And I don't know where I got it, so I can't, I can't even tell you where I, who I can give credit to. But it says, when you feel depressed, oppressed, or discouraged, and the pressure makes you feel like giving up, take the following medicine daily, and you're going to recover. Number one, return to God's camp. In other words, come back to church. 
Get into the Word. Get into fellowship. Get into worship, corporate and private. Get into sowing. Hang around with godly Word of Faith people. Uh, this problem will require time to heal. It's not going to be an overnight sensation. The problem will require time to heal. So you must not find a fast food church. I will say it again. You must not find a fast food church. McDonald's shakes have plastic food in them. That's why you can pour it on the sidewalk and it, it just congeals. For real, try it sometime. You must find a church that is going to give you a five-course meal. For real. You must recognize where the attack is coming from. The, your enemy is not your relative or your friend. But when you're in it, your enemy is your relative and your friend. Really? For real? Come on, let's, can, can we break it down? Can we get real? Right? The first one you want to lash out is a, is a person that's doing it. Realize, not real, well, you, we know it's the devil. It is the devil. But you can't see the devil, but you can see your friend or your relative that's doing you wrong. Speak the promises instead of the problem. Find out what God's word says about your situation. Cause the words to come out of your mouth to agree with God's promise. Say the word. When you agree with God and speak his word, fear will flee and faith will flare up. Act on what you speak. If you confess with your mouth and do not believe in your heart, It'll profit, profit you nothing immediately, but you must continue to confess it anyways. Why? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Not just having heard, right? And so then you meditate on his word, you act on it, and eventually faith does come. You keep feeding it, you keep feeding it. Take authority. Not only must you speak to the situation, but you also must speak to the things in your own life. Command unforgiveness to go. Command hatred to go. Remember, you are more than a conqueror, so get up, take command, and move in authority and obedience. In other words, get yourself up. Get up. Thank God in advance. You must thank God for having received your solution before you see it. And according to the word, faith believes without seeing. Amen. But by believing without seeing, we see. But by believing without seeing, we see. Decide to move forward and not to look back. And as you break free from the bondage of depression or whatever it is you're going through, make a con conscious effort and a decision to stay free. Keep your godly associations, keep in the word, keep your confessions right, be determined that nothing whatsoever will distract you from pressing from your goal of freedom. Nothing or no thing is going to stop you. In John 8, 31, Jesus said those, to those Jews that believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my, what, disciples? Indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know, the truth that you do, the truth that you practice shall make you free. Passion in John 8, 31 and 32. Please. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. The more truth you 
Come on, the more truth you embrace, the freer you become. What a deal. What a bargain. I like this. This is uh, the um, last two verses. For, uh, 2 Samuel 15, 21. New Living Translation. I've said this out loud. Are you ready to say this out loud? But Ittai said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by your own life that I will go wherever my Lord the king goes, no matter what happens, whether it means life or death. I've said that. I've had many opportunities to walk away from that. But I keep going back to that, keep reading that, right? Um, why? Faith comes by hearing. And so um, when those opportunities come, don't let them overcome you. I said, don't let them overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, last verse. Psalms 119, verse 164. Psalms 119, 164. This is cool. King James. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of your righteous judgments. In the Amplified, seven times a day and all day long do I praise you because of your righteous decrees. And in the Passion, I stop to praise you seven times a day, all because your ways are perfect. Seven times a day based on a 12-hour day, we're up 12 hours, or even 14 hours. So that's like every two hours. Stop and praise break. Oh! <laughs> praise the Lord. So here we are. This is it. This is the period at the end of this sentence here. Wow. And now we're moving. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.